Hello everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Talks with Dalit. My name is Akshita Maheshwari and I am the growth and content lead here at Dalit. Today we have with us Varun Fatehpuriya, the founder of Dalit. Dalit is a tech-enabled, all-in-one solution for Indians to invest better and reach their financial goals. Before Dalit, Varun worked with some of the biggest institutions, investment institutions in the world like Bloomberg and Blackstone. He also graduated with distinction in finance and information system from Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. He is also an NSIM certified investment advisor. We are glad to have you here with us. Thank you for having me, Akshita, once again. Yeah. So today we are going to discuss about retirement planning. in the third episode of talks with dolit my first question to you varun is when is the right age to start retirement planning again i think akshita that's again so if i want to give you a point blank answer the right age is today i think if you are in your early 20s just getting started with your career i think thinking about retirement even though it may seem like a long way to go uh is a good place to start again because traditionally i think uh, indians have not been focusing so much on retirement it seems like something which is a long way to go and uh, they seem this is something that they can really push off uh, until up to a later point till when they actually have to do it so if you're in your early 20s just getting started with your career i think the earlier you start uh, the better it is for you project So now that we know the importance of retirement planning how exactly does one go about you know beginning with it and doing the entire planning so traditionally if you have seen right i think the concept of retirement planning in and by itself is something which is a bit of a new and a novel concept for a lot of indian stray i'm just trying to give you some background as to you know why do we think uh, retirement planning as a concept is suddenly coming to the forefront at this point in time so i think traditionally if you would have seen uh, retirement is something which most indians did not actually think of uh, up until a later point in time it is only now that people are realizing uh, i think over the past 2 to 3 years that retirement is something that they really need to think about early on in their careers and there are really i would say four reasons as to why retirement planning as a concept is relevant today uh, number 1 is the concept of joint family is slowly and gradually i would say reducing uh, with each passing day so i think as people and families are becoming more independent it is on for them to basically have a sufficient retirement co- corpus which can basically help them lead through the retirement years uh, in a easier manner i think previously you know i think there was a lot of dependence on one's children and the family members to help them get through the retirement years but i think slowly we are seeing uh, that concept reducing at least in the urban cities so that's number one i think the concept of joint family is slowly going away number two the government sponsored retirement programs again typically is limited to i would say the employees of a uh, of uh, government institutions uh, and since a large majority of the indian population is either unorganized working in informal sector working in the private sector they don't they do not really have that cushion of uh, i would say uh, thinking about retirement uh, very uh, early on so they sort of think, you know tend to go ahead uh, with their day to day life in the normal manner so that's number 2 the government sponsored retirement programs is not really strong so people are definitely looking for avenues outside of that uh, to start thinking about uh, retirement 
number three is I would say the cost of living definitely is increasing with each passing year. I think this has been true today. This is going to be true for the next 25 years. This is being true for the last 25 years as well. I think inflation, again, is something that is not a new concept, right? So uh, the, as the cost of living increases with each passing year, so the corpus itself for retirement also needs to grow in tandem. Uh, just having a saving mindset around retirement planning or thinking this is something that I will do at a later point in time probably creates a lot more pressure. Uh, and we are going to talk about, you know, with an example, uh, how starting early gives you a major, major, I would say, breakthrough in terms of starting small, but letting that money compound uh, over a longer period of time. And fourthly, again, is people are starting to think about it at this point in time, most importantly, because what they had experienced over the last two to three years with COVID happening uh, and that may not, I would say, specifically tie in with the concept of retirement. But I think people have started to think that if an emergency situation does so arise in the future, they need to be ready with uh, some amount of money to help them guide through. Uh, and a lot of, I would say, elderly people were severely impacted uh, by COVID, uh, unfortunately. And I think that point in time, having, I would say, uh, uh, a purpose that can basically help you tide over that situation uh, also comes in really handy. So these are basically the four reasons as to why, you know, uh, people need to start thinking about retirement or are thinking about retirement uh, at this point in time in India. Yeah, I mean, that definitely clarifies why there is a need for retirement planning and it bursts a lot of myths around retirement planning too. So let's take an example. Suppose there is an individual who is uh, 30 years old and they want to retire by uh, 60. So how does that person go about, you know, calculating the amount that they will need uh, during the time of their retirement? Okay. So before I come to the example in terms of, you know, I'm, 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 and all, all the listeners who are joining um, us through a podcast, uh, since they will not be able to see the video recording, I'll try my best to uh, talk about it uh, as much as possible. But before jumping into that, uh, I think it's also important to understand and bucket retirement into really two distinct buckets and two distinct categories that will help you basically put a lot more perspective uh, in terms of trying to think about retirement itself, right? So one is basically what we call as an accumulation phase. So let's say you are in your um, early 20s, early 30s, uh, getting started with your working career or have been working uh, for a uh, decent period of time. Uh, at this point in time is when you basically, you know, start sowing the seeds for retirement. You start basically uh, uh, saving or investing for it uh, for a period which is 25, 30 years down the line, which you call as an accumulation phase. At this point in time, you are basically just sowing the seeds, starting to invest money and hoping that this amount will grow into a substantial amount uh, sometime later down in the future. So that is one phase where you are literally just putting money uh, and not withdrawing anything out of it. Now, once you basically reach, uh, I would say, your retirement, you are in your 60s, uh, you are done with your working career. Now you're thinking about uh, you have this corpus with you, which you had saved up over the past 25, 30 years. How do you basically start drawing income uh, out of that that can basically support you for the next 25, 30 years of your life? So which we call as the distribution phase. Now, strategies for both of these phases look really, really different. Right? I think there is no one size fit all, but uh, at least trying to think of it from a more uh, systematic manner 
will again make it a lot easier for you to plan for your retirement. So when you are in your accumulation phase, I think it's really important that you basically, you know, um, have a higher allocation towards assets like equities, which have the most potential for giving long-term wealth creation rather than just saving money, putting into a bank account, putting into an FD. Uh, even those, um, I, I would say, are guaranteed products and will definitely help you sort of like, you know, protect your principal amount. But it is important to understand that will not uh, help you create a corpus which will be enough to meet the needs of your retirement. So it is really important that when you're thinking from a longer term perspective, always look at instruments, always look at asset classes, which have the highest potential to generate wealth. So that is for the accumulation phase. And then for the distribution phase itself, where now since that you have stopped working, you're not really putting a lot of money into the corpus, you need to take a bit of a more cautious stance. You need to take a bit more of a defensive stance where you at least want to be sure that the money that you have saved up over the last 25, 30 years, right? Hard-earned money. I mean, you have put in a lot of your time uh, investing and saving that money. You need to make sure that money is at least protected. You cannot go and you know maybe invest into instruments which are highly volatile and which can drop in value over a period of time uh, so at that point in time again you take a more cautious approach you invest into more safer products like again fds and uh, recurring deposits and government sponsored programs which can give you at least an assured rate of return um, on that front so that is basically i would say uh, how you should actually think about retirement planning and really put it into two distinct products, right? Now, uh, coming into the example where we need to start thinking about, okay, I know that I need to start saving for retirement. Uh, I'm in my uh, 30s at this point in time. I'll probably retire uh, when I get to 60. Uh, so now the question is, how much of money will I be requiring once I uh, get to that age. So let me basically show this with a very simple calculator uh, where you need to just input a few variables and where you will be able to see the amount of money that you will be requiring at the time of retirement and how much you need to really start, uh, I would say, saving and investing every month uh, at this point in time. So let me just share my screen. So as you can see in the retirement calculator, right, there are four to five variables that we need to input. One is your current age. So let's take, for example, you are 30 years old and you are wanting to retire when you get to 60. So I'll put in 60 over here. And let's say you are planning, uh, I mean, again, life expectancy is something that obviously no one can really plan for. But let's say on an average, uh, you will live for another 30 years. So I take uh, as a good rule of thumb the expectancy to be 30 and then the amount required is really important because what we are really doing is we are seeing what your current monthly expenses are. Now, obviously, there will be some expenses which you will probably not incur uh, when you retire. But at the same point in time, you will probably have more of the expenses towards something which you're not uh, incurring at this point in time. So, for example, uh, expenses for healthcare. I think today, if you're in, uh, in your 30s, you are healthy, you're probably not spending so much of your money uh, going to doctors on medicines and all of those things. But probably, uh, let's say just as a rule of thumb, uh, you will be spending for that once you get to your retirement. So uh, we are just going to input an amount what your monthly expenses are uh, at this point in time. So let, let's say your current monthly expenses are 50,000 rupees a month. All right. 
And then we have, sorry, let me say that that's 50,000. Life expectancy is 90. And then the expected rate of return is basically telling you that if you start uh, saving and investing money today, what is an approximate rate of return that you can uh, possibly generate from where you are investing. Now, also, this is dependent on where you are investing, right? Let's say if you're investing into more safer assets like fixed deposits and banks and all of those things, that will probably not give you more than 7 to 8% return. Uh, but if you're investing into more high wealth creation, uh, I would say products like equity, then you can reasonably be assured that you can at least get uh, 10 to 12% return over there. So I'll just input 12% over there. Uh, that's that's pretty, I would say, a standard amount, which a lot of people actually tend to, uh, you know, assume for an equity investment. And then the inflation rate is basically what the standard inflation rate would be uh, or what an historic uh, average inflation rate has been. So just for the sake of argument, we'll assume it is 5%. Uh, and then the current savings is, let's say, you have not really saved anything for your retirement. So I'll just put input this as 1%. So as you can see in the results section now, uh, the total goal which is required or let's say the retirement amount that you need once you get to your retirement is approximately 7.8 crores, right? This is basically based on a 30-year period. Uh, you are in your 30s, you will um, retire when you get to 60 and what your current monthly expenses are, which are basically uh, adjusted for inflation. And that gives you a gold retirement, uh, I would say, number of approximately 7.8 crores. Now, this is basically what you need to have by the time you retire to be able to support you for the next 30 years of your life. Uh, and then if you can see a simple SIP amount, so you really just need to start saving or investing 22,000 rupees a month. That's it. If you just invest this money for the next 30 years, at an assumed rate of return of approximately 12%, not a big amount for working uh, for someone who's working, uh, you can get to your retirement uh, very easily. But let's say if I just want to see, and let's say if you uh, want to start investing uh, when you're 40, you can see in 10 years amount of time, the SIP that you need to do every month uh, literally increases to the uh, double of that. And obviously, I think the retirement expenses will also increase in tandem. So that probably will become, I would say, one that would be, right? So you can you, you can see how basically you can play around with this calculator and how that literally affects how much you need to save uh, and have by the time you retire and also uh, the regular contributions that you need to make to the retirement amount. Uh, so that that is basically the simply the concept of, you know, uh, retirement and how much you really, really need to think about from a planning perspective. Right, got it. I feel like the division of the entire retirement planning phase into two parts, the accumulation and the distribution phase, really clarifies a lot of things. And also the calculation calculator makes it really easy to understand how much amount you need when you retire, uh, which otherwise is something that you know uh, seems very daunting to people. So this really makes things easy. So my next question to you is, uh, what are the various investment options that are available to people like during the reti uh, retirement planning stage? So today, if you see in India, like, uh, again, to keep it simple uh, for the sake of this uh, interview, there are really, I would say, three to four options that any individual today uh, can invest in, can save towards for the retirement. Number one, and I think perhaps the most popular, 
is public provident fund or PPF, where uh, typically a lot of people, uh, I would say to max out on their ATC income tax reduction every year, invest 1.5 lakh rupees. Uh, and that is locked in for a period of 15 years, uh, uh, which you can further renew at a blocks of five year each. So about if you're looking at about from a 25 year perspective, investing every year, uh, 1.5 lakh rupees, uh, which you can uh, get pretty much a tax-free return of approximately 7%. Right? So that is one of the options that is available, which a lot of people actually uh, tend to. The other part, which is a more, I would say, a newer concept, uh, and again, a government-sponsored program is called the NPS, or the National Pension System, where the concept is that you cannot really withdraw your money until you reach 60 and then even once you reach your retirement age, you can only withdraw up to about 60% of the corpus once you retire. The balance 40% is invested into an annuity program, which will give you monthly payouts. So the goal here basically was for the government that the individual does not really, uh, I would say, uh, withdraw all the money that they see and have a sufficient amount of money to help them lead through their retirement years. The third option is basically what is called uh, an employee provident fund. Uh, where you make monthly contributions uh, to a pool of money and your employer also makes monthly contributions to it. Uh, and then you basically get, again, a, say a 7 to 8% return on that, which you cannot really touch uh, for, a, uh, I would say, 10 to 15 years unless there is, um, I would say, needs like a home down payment or a wedding expense or an education expense, right? So that's the employee provident fund. And then finally, we have, again, which is more of a marketing product and, again, which is sort of gaining traction at this point in time are the mutual funds. Uh, mutual funds, again, from all the available options uh, that we just spoke about tend to be the most flexible. You do not really have a lot of lock-in period over here. You get market link returns, but at the same time, have the flexibility of investing as much as you want, as little as you want, and withdrawing uh, whenever the need may arise. So these are the four available options that any individual uh, have uh, in the country. Uh, for the most part, uh, to uh, build up for the retirement. Right. Got it. And uh, if you could talk a little about some of the income generation uh, options that uh, people have after they've retired. So what I just talked about was uh, basically the accumulation phase of, uh, I would say, a retirement where you're inputting uh, and uh, money into your retirement corpus, right? Now, when you talk about the distribution phase at which, uh, which I talked about earlier, your investment strategies tend to look really different. At that point in time, basically, you need to look for options which can provide you a regular payout, right? So one of the, uh, again, we have three to four options which are available today in the country. One of the options is something called as a senior citizen saving schemes, where a senior citizen uh, aged 60 or above can invest up until uh, 30 lakh rupees, which was just revised in this recent budget, and then can get a quarterly interest payout of approximately, I would say, 8% per annum, right? So we're looking at approximately 2% uh, that you can gen generate every quarter out of the 30 lakh corpus. Uh, so that is one option. The other option is uh, basically interest income from the fixed deposits, which again tend to be a very, very popular option uh, where you again input a certain amount of money, put it into an FD, and then you can get uh, interest payouts on that. The only drawback for these two options tend to be that the interest income that you generate is taxed basically at whatever income tax lab. Uh, that you are at. So from a tax perspective, it tends to be, you know, uh, a bit tax inefficient. The third option is the NPS, 
uh, where you can basically generate annuity income from your retirement corpus. And since that it is mandated that the 40 percent of your corpus needs to be invested into an annuity program, that is something that you can look forward to also from an income generation perspective. And the fourth option is uh, if you're investing in mutual funds is a process called systematic withdrawal plan. So think of it as an SIP in reverse, just how every month you put uh, or start investing into mutual funds through an SIP. In the same manner, if you want to start withdrawing money, you can do that uh, by a process called as a systematic withdrawal plan. Uh, from a, both a tax perspective and a flexibility perspective, again, this tends to be the most, uh, I would say, flexible option uh, and popular amongst a lot of people today. Okay, understood. Finally, uh, Varun, if you could tell me a little about, you know, what are the common mistakes that people make when they're planning for retirement and how they can avoid it? So again, a couple of mistakes that I've seen a lot of people make today, right? I think one is definitely not starting early enough. Again, people, uh, I would say, tend to be lazy. People do not really want to think about retirement at this point in time. And they think it's still 25, 30 years down the line. Why do I really need to start thinking about something which is so far off in the future? Right? No one really knows what happens. uh, And I will see when the time comes. I think that is not really a very good approach to take. I think just to be fiscally prudent and responsible. I think the earlier you start, the smaller amount of money you actually need to uh, invest for your retirement pool. And you can can really see the power of compounding at work uh, when you start early. So don't think of it as something that you will start once you you start approaching your retirement because, again, the amount of pressure that you will have financially at that point in time will be significantly higher than what you have at this point in time. And the second mistake that I uh, also see a lot of people... uh, making is that, okay, now that they're convinced that they need to start investing for retirement, they tend to take a very cautious approach, right? Because this is my retirement pool. I don't want anything to happen. So I'll just invest in the most safe products. Again, I think that is not a very good approach because what you're essentially doing is if you're investing your money into just a bank account or a fixed deposit, what you will see is, yes, you would have saved a certain amount of money, but that probably wouldn't have been enough to actually meet the cost of living at point in time when you retire. So obviously, always look for instruments which can have the highest potential to generate long-term wealth. And I'm talking about equities, uh, which can have the maximum potential, right? In the short term, it will probably be a lot more volatile. You'll think of it as a very risky instrument. But over a 25 to 30-year period, I think it has the maximum benefits um, that it can provide you from a retirement point of view. So I think these are the two most uh, common mistakes that I see a lot of people uh, around me making when they think about retirement. All right. Understood. My last question to you is, uh, if you could talk a little about, you know, the importance of asset allocation during retirement and, you know, how does an individual ensure that uh, their uh, allocation, their portfolio is appropriately diversified? So again, now, now, now you see why the concept where I talked about the accumulation phase and the distribution phase is really coming into the picture, right? It's really allowing you to think about retirement into two distinct phases. So as I talked about just earlier, in your accumulation phase, obviously, you tend to be a lot more aggressive. You're investing for a 25-30 year period. At that point in time, you'll probably want to have a majority of your, I would say, portfolio from an asset allocation point of view invested into equities. So about 80 to 90% of your assets can actually be invested into equities because that can give you the higher potential to generate wealth uh, and a smaller amount of money, I would say, to be honest. 
to uh, invest every month to get to that goal. Uh, and then from a distribution phase perspective, where now since you have accumulated a certain amount of money, obviously you want that money to be protected. So at that point in time, investing into equities and then drawing income out of it is probably not a very good option. But at the same time, because you want to withdraw income out of it for the next 25 to 30 years, right, from age of 60 to about 85 to 90. So that is still a very, I would say, substantial amount of time. At that point in time, also having a 100% allocation to safer instruments like debt is not a very good option. But yes, you need to have a majority allocation approximately 70 to 75% which provides some sort of a cushion to your portfolio and the balance 20 to 25% can be invested into low cost index funds, equity funds that again can have the potential to generate long-term wealth. So it is really trying to strike a balance between debt and equity, both at the accumulation phase and also at the distribution phase. Ajay, understood. Well, thank you so much, Varun. I hope that our audience found this session insightful. I will see you again next week. Thank you, Akshita.